Previously on the bright lights of Denver. And he came toward the end and then he stayed for a bit so we could catch up and and that's where I think I saw the Mercedes outside. Uh, oh. You know, I've been thinking about it and Taylor seemed pretty distracted that day. We were going to this uh, hotel over in Cap Hill, uh, looking at the foyer and all the different designs of the architecture and things like that. Uh, we were supposed to do that pretty soon here. Hotel? Yeah, the hotel over in uh, Cap Hill is like a, a bed and breakfast. I wouldn't let him in the front door and then he called, apologized for the hour and asked for a room. I told him we were sold out and he tried to offer me cash. Like I said, we had a full buyout, so we didn't have anything available. Before he left, he asked if he could use the business center, but it was midnight and he wasn't a guest, so I told him I, I told him that he might have better luck at a Kinko's or something. Our hope is that the police might come across security or traffic footage that can tell us where Taylor went next. We took a break to make some dinner, and as we sat down to eat, I got a text message. The following is the text exchange from that night. I've been listening to your podcast. Who is this? You could say I'm a fan. Is this a joke? You need to stop digging. What? You should stop now. WTF? Who is this? I have some information for you. We should be. Come along. My friend has to come with me. You can bring Preston. Leave the police out of this or no meeting. I'll be in touch. Live from Colorado's News Channel, this is CBS 4 News at 10. I'm Brian Moss with CBS 4 News, and today we're talking about a new investigative podcast that is shedding some light on the recent disappearance of Denver native Taylor Levitt. I want to welcome the creator of The Bright Lights of Denver, that's Ryan Streeter. Yep. Ryan, tell us about the podcast and how it came to be. So I had spent some really great time at CU Denver here uh, in Colorado and just really fell in love with this city and this place. And so, you know, I was doing some writing for uh, a number of years um, for a time after school and I was doing some journalism writing articles for, you know, a number of publications. And I had an article that went viral. I had an article that went viral about the millennials that are coming to Denver and just the transformation that Denver is going through. You know, a lot of cities are going through transformation, but I think the rate at which Denver is transforming is a lot different from many other cities. And so I uh, had that article that went viral and a lot of people were just asking me about what my thoughts were, if I was going to say more about it. And so at that point, I was like, okay, it seems like there, there might be something here. And so I wanted to, to go deeper. So I started to create a podcast about the history of Denver, its transformation, where we, where we are now, and potentially where the city is going. And unfortunately, it was really at that point where um, I met with my friend Taylor, who Preston knows even better than I do, my friend Preston. And He's an architecture expert, you know, so I wanted to talk with him, connect with him. But unfortunately, after a really great conversation at Linger, we just didn't really hear from him again. And the podcast kind of took a turn that I really didn't expect in terms of really trying to find him. And so that's where we're at now. And that's kind of the, the story of how we've got here. Has the community of listeners been helpful to the case? Yeah. The community of listeners has been truly phenomenal. 
the amount of emails, DMs, tags that I've gotten on social media, on my email account, and just really all over the internet, even some people finding my phone number and, and calling in has been really moving, to be honest. And to have such an engaged community with people sharing their theories, sharing tips, sharing screenshots, social media posts, photos of people who might be Taylor doppelgangers uh, has been amazing. And it's really, not only has it been amazing that people have been engaged, but I think it really takes it to another level when your community makes you feel like you're not on the journey alone. You know, Most of these individuals don't know Taylor. They've never seen him in their entire life. And yet, because of this podcast and because of, you know, us sharing this story, they've really, you know, they've really taken it upon themselves as if Taylor is a great friend of theirs. And so it's been incredibly moving. And I don't think we've been, we would have been able to make the progress or to glean the amount of information that we have without this really incredible community. And are you working with Denver police? Is there anything new you can share with us on this? So first question, yes, we have been working with the Denver police. They have been incredibly helpful. They are really leaving no stone unturned. And, you know, some people, you might be wondering, like, you know, why, why wouldn't we just leave it to the police? But I think for me, what it comes down to is Taylor's our friend at the end of the day, and he's in our community. And so there might be a helpful tidbit, you know, that we might discover that the police might not know or a person who knows Taylor who might be able to help us solve this mystery. But the police have been uh, incredibly helpful. The detective has taken all of our calls, all of our meetings, all of our dumb questions and, and not so dumb questions. And so um, I am really grateful to the entire department for the amount of energy they put into just trying to help us locate our friend. And in terms of new information, not anything groundbreaking that we can share right now, but we do have some very interesting leads that uh, we hope to be able to share with you all very soon. You can hear more about Ryan's investigation into the disappearance of Taylor Lovett by listening to the most recent episode of The Bright Light. A listener's note. This will be our final episode of Bright Lights. Well, at least for the time being. Preston and I have discussed all of the tips and info that you all have shared with us, and in turn, we shared it with Taylor's family, as well as Denver Police, and the Colorado Bureau of Investigation. If you listened to our last episode, you know that we received some mysterious texts from someone who told us to stop investigating the case. In all honesty, I regret including that text conversation because so many of you have asked about it, and since we first heard from this mystery man or woman or person... There's been no further contact. At all. At this time, we think it was just some kind of prank. Some kind of sick joke. Our inbox for Bright Lights has been inundated with false leads and tips, so from here on out, I'll make sure to fully vet anything before sharing it with all of you. Also, many of you have asked if there's been any movement from DPD or CBI, and I thought I'd take a moment to fill you in. So far, they've exhausted every lead unfortunately. A week ago, there were two charges that popped up on one of Taylor's credit cards, but after some digging, they discovered it was only online theft. Another dead end. When a disappearance occurs, the authorities often say it's the first 48 hours that are most crucial. With each passing hour, the likelihood of finding someone 
decreases dramatically. That's why I decided to document this experience and ask you, our Bright Lights community, to aid in the investigation. With your help, we've discovered some new information that we'll get to in a moment. It's hard not to get stuck in the minutia of a case like this. Every new piece of information leads to another question, and you start to lose focus of the big picture. Preston and I would also like to share our own thoughts and theories about what may have happened. If you haven't listened to every episode, I suggest that you go back to episode one to understand the full journey that we've been on over the past month. I also hope that you follow at Bright Lights Denver on Instagram and Facebook because it doesn't have to stop here. If you've been following us on social, we've shared photos about the case and most importantly, the notepad that Taylor left behind. We thought we may have stumbled upon a hidden clue in the list of numbers on the pad that we mentioned in our last episode, but so far nothing has panned out. But please, please continue sharing your theories and your tips. Thank you to all of you who have taken the time to listen to this story. We wouldn't have been able to do any of this without your support. Hey there, it's Arthur. Listen, thanks so much for keeping me in the loop on everything. I was hoping you might have some time to jump on a call today. I think I've... Boy, I really think I've found something that might be helpful, and I, I wanted to talk with you about it. I may be getting excited over nothing, but I'm... Well, I'm just not sure. Anyway, if you could let me know just as soon as possible if you might be available sometime today. Thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Arthur, Arthur, I think you're muted. Oh, shoot. Oh, <laughs> all right. There, 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 there. There we go. Hey, you guys. I'm hey. glad I caught you both. We're super excited to hear what you found. Right, right. So I'm going to get right to it. Look, when I got your message, I'd already been kind of exploring the address angle, but it was at 7226-7236. That it just didn't really fit. Unless, of course, it was an apartment complex or something, right? So I spent some time going down that rabbit hole, looking at townhomes, condos, any type of residence that might have a hyphenated address like that. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that without a street name, it's, it's impossible. It's, it's an endless search. And, and so as kind of a last-ditch effort, I did one more search for that address as a commercial property. And that's when something came up. I'm, uh, I'm going to send you a photo. Let, let me know if you get it. All right, just give me a sec here. Okay, opening it up. Oh, a strip mall? Right, right, right. Each storefront matches an address in the series. The first is 7226, then 7228, 7230, like that. Wait. What? Something about this looks familiar. Give me a second. Arthur, where, where is this place? Colfax in Quebec. And if you do the same Google search that I did, you'll see that at least one of them was up for sale at, at some point. I'm working on trying to dig up what I, what I can about all that. Is the theater up for sale? Oh, good, good. Because this is the exciting part. Look, I, I don't know if it's up for sale, but I did find something else. The day after Taylor went missing, someone filed a historic designation application for the Aslan Theater. Okay. What does that mean? 
well, it could mean nothing, right? I mean, anyone can file an application, but it was the name of the person who filed it. That's what caught my eye. Taylor Levitt? No, no, no. Eugene Steinberg. He's a, he's a Denver architect. As a matter of fact, he designed a house I almost sold to a client a few years back. But here's the thing. Eugene Steinberg died in 2005. Wait, what? I know. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but I think it's Taylor. I knew it. Okay, I knew I had seen this before. Okay, so that blue and orange mural made of wood. See, it's the same one from Taylor's Instagram. Hold on, hold on. Press, this is too crazy. Hang on, Arthur, please tell Preston exactly what you just told me. Okay, right. I found out that someone filed a historic designation application for the Aslan Theater on May 26th using the name of a Denver architect who passed away in 2005. Okay. But he thinks that it was actually Taylor who filed it. I don't understand. Why, why would he do that? Well, that's what I'm not sure about yet. Uh, historic designation, that would keep anyone from demolishing the building. Huh. But I don't know if an application filed with a fake name is even valid. I, look, it might be a shot in the dark, but I'm going to make some calls and, and see what I can find out. Wow. Now, what did you find? Yes, yeah, so sorry for oh, interrupting. No, 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 you're fine. Um, so are, are you on Instagram at all, Arthur? Sure, sure. I mean, I pay someone younger and smarter to run it, but <laughs> I think I can probably handle finding a page. No worries. Um, so Taylor's page is at levitt.taylor. Okay. Let me know when you find it. I mean, maybe all these pictures will actually lead to something. Um, there's a second picture as well of another mural. Arthur, take a look at this. Did you remember seeing this one down there? Hang on, hang on, sorry. All right, all right, here we go. Okay, what am I looking at here? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the Broncos colors. But no, the, the second photo, that doesn't look familiar at all. Remember I told you I recognized the art from the side of that theater? He posted that the day before. Maybe they are addresses? Okay, but why wouldn't he include the street name? Well, uh, Look, may maybe it'll make sense when we know where the rest of the numbers lead. Maybe they don't lead anywhere. Maybe it's just a list of murals he wanted to post on Instagram or something. Maybe we're just chasing our tails because Taylor decided to finally join the world of social media. I don't know. It's, yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, Look, it's it's okay. There's no need to apologize, and 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 really, I'm I'm so sorry you're going through this. No, it it's the most we have to go on. I just I just want to know he's okay. Anything that you can find out would be really great. We really can't thank you enough, Arthur. Oh hey, listen, anything I can do to help, I'll um I'll let you know if the building sale or the designation application turns up anything, and uh, I'll check and see if anyone around here can identify that second mural. Thank you so much. That'd be great. And we'll keep you posted if we find anything on our end. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Thanks so much. Thank you, Arthur. Preston took a walk to clear her head while I called to update the detective on the address connection. When I got off with the detective, Preston was sitting at the kitchen table, typing furiously on her laptop. Looking for that second piece? Yes, but I think I found it. Can you look up the address for El Taco de Mexico? Yeah. Preston? 714? Yes. Oh. Another number from the list. Okay, three addresses is definitely not a coincidence. Mm -mm. What the hell does it mean? I don't know. Let's go look. 
we drove out to the series of addresses on Colfax first. Just like the Azatlan, I'd probably driven by it dozens of times without ever giving it a second look. The mid-century brick building spans the better part of a city block, but four of the five units are boarded up and empty. The one operating business is a small, no-frills chicken wing spot that has done its best to stand out from the rest of the building. The art from Taylor's photo was affixed to the address at the opposite end, 7226. I stood there on the sidewalk looking for some sort of parallel or connection between the addresses. Preston went in the restaurant to show Taylor's photo to people, and I took some photos of the building in case we needed to reference them later. No one recognized him, so it was time to visit the second Santa Fe address from Taylor's notes. 714, El Taco de Mexico. A small, brightly painted, unassuming building nestled in the Santa Fe Arts District that has been serving authentic Mexican cuisine for almost 40 years. All right. That was some pretty delicious food. Ugh, yes. So good. I Still pretty busy around here, and I can see why, but... All right, let's take a second, go over everything that we know. Okay. All right, so we're hanging out here on Santa Fe, beautiful Denver Civic Theater. So above our heads, there's a mural, a wall with the words, love this city. This has to be the mural from Taylor's Instagram, like 100%. Well, and it also matches up with the number 714 on Taylor's list. Right. So, so far we have three buildings with addresses that match the list from Taylor's pad. And so far there's been an Instagram post at each address. Well, let's say he's trying to tell us something. What could that be? Um... Well, none of the buildings are new builds. They've all been around for a while. Some a long while. Maybe it's about the buildings themselves. Okay, but what about the buildings? Is it the architecture, their location? I feel like we could be asking these questions for forever. Oh, I know, but at least it's a thread to pull at. It is. You're right. I often am. Don't. <laughs> all right. Wait, hold on a second. What is this? Hmm? Hang on. That, that number just texted me back. And? Meet me at Confluence Park at 6.30. I have information about Taylor. Meet me in the park. Across the bridge. I'll find you. We should call the cops, Ryan. We at least should let them know. I think that's the last thing we should do. What if we were able to actually get some answers? Look, it's a public park and Confluence is always busy. Especially in the summer. We don't know who this person is or what we're walking into. How about this? We go there now, check it out, Just see how busy it is. If you don't feel good about it, then we'll regroup and we can call the cops. Okay, fine, but I swear to God, if I get a weird feeling or something is strange... If anything goes goes awry... Confluence Park centers around the South Platte River and on any given day is likely full of people biking, swimming, kayaking, having a picnic, or just enjoying the Colorado sunshine. When I was in school, Confluence offered me an escape from the city and it was always full of people. I knew the odds of it being even busier now were high. Point being, it wasn't some back room or dark alley, so I was pretty sure that we'd be relatively safe on a late summer afternoon in the middle of a public park. Parking was a little hard to find, but eventually we found a space. We walked the short distance to the park. It was full of people with their family and friends, enjoying a day outside after an impossibly hard year. The noise of joy was like an incredible, bittersweet music. 
Preston grabbed my arm and leaned her head against my shoulder, and I knew exactly what she was thinking. She was thinking of how blissful it would be to not have a care in the world, to not spend every day wondering if a person you care about is scared or hungry or alive. We both took a deep breath, and then in perfect Preston style, she said, Let's see what this jerk has to say. You think that's the bridge? I don't know. It must be. It's the closest one. I mean, at least it's still really busy. Good. Good, good, good. Come on, let's, let's sit on the wall over there. Okay. We sat there for about a half hour. By that point, the park wasn't empty, but as it got darker, the crowds thinned pretty quickly. We had just decided that we were going to give it only 15 more minutes when my phone rang. Hello? Wait, what? Wait, wait, who is this? Who are you? What is, what, wait, what, what are you even saying right now? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I don't know who you are, who you think you are, but this isn't a joke. This isn't a game. A human being is missing, do you understand? Either tell us what you know, or we're gonna have to call the cops. This is insane. Well, if you can see us, that means that you're close. What? I'm not gonna do that. What? Preston, call 911. Oh my God, wait, seriously? It was you who was with him at the cruise room then, wasn't it? You were the last one to see him alive. What did you say to him? Wait, he was where? Wait, what did he say? Wait, wait, I'm not, hello? Hello? She hung up. What, Ryan, who was that? What the hell? So remember the mystery woman that was with Taylor at the cruise room? Uh-huh. That was her. And apparently she can see us somewhere. Oh my God. Do you see anyone with a phone or has anyone been walking around or I mean, leaving, I walking know. away? I, I was, there's a lot of people here. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I, I want to leave. I don't want, I don't feel safe here anymore. I mean, should I actually call the cops? Like I, I don't feel safe if she can see us. I don't know, Russ. She, she told me to stop, to go home, to stop recording. She said Taylor was making a mess of everything by disappearing. What? And that apparently she saw him the next morning. The oh next my morning. God, where? She didn't say. She just said that when she left, he was looking at the city muttering to himself. What? What the hell, Taylor? What did you get yourself into? This is, oh my this God. is crazy. Um, can we go? Wait, who's that? It's Arthur. Oh, okay. Are you okay? No, I'm not. I, I'm really freaked out right now. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just get out of here. I'll just, I'll call Arthur back. Hey, Ryan, it's Arthur here. Oh, I have got some news. I'm looking at two more designation applications right here. One is for the building on Colfax, the 7226-7236 address, and the other is 714 Santa Fe. And if that wasn't enough, they were filed by two more Denver architects, a uh, William Lang and Alan Fisher, both deceased. 
then I went back through my notes from Taylor's class, and he mentioned all of them. Something is just... <laughs> something is just telling me it's him. I don't know. It... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I went ahead and reached out to a friend of mine to see if anyone has ever done this before. You, you know, used a pseudonym, and I'll keep you posted. And you let me know if you found anything today. And listen, take care. Live from Colorado's News Channel, this is CBS 4 News at 6.30. Our top story at 6. Denver police are continuing their search for Taylor Levitt, a beloved 32-year-old architecture professor and preservationist. Levitt disappeared on May 25th and was last seen in the Capitol Hill neighborhood. Almost a month after his disappearance, authorities have no new information and are continuing to investigate. Levitt's disappearance has been the subject of a popular podcast called The Bright Lights of Denver, which has brought much needed attention to the case. After we left Confluence Park, we talked to Denver police and everything went quiet. Our hunch about the addresses seemed to pan out and thanks to Arthur, we know someone filed a designation application for each of them as well. Arthur is convinced that it was Taylor who filed them using the names of various Denver architects as pseudonyms. But after our experience at the park, we decided that it was time to let the police handle everything moving forward. That doesn't mean we'll stop looking for him, though. After all, I made Preston, and you, a promise. And I intend to keep it. It's been a little more than a month since I arrived in Denver, and now that the podcast is coming to a close, so is my time here. Preston asked me to meet her outside the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. I found her taking photos of a giant bear sculpture on the west side of the building and pulled out a flask of tequila, like old times. And we sat on a bench for a final farewell. I love this view. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. Thanks for meeting me here. Yeah, of course. You must have left really early this morning. <laughs> It has been a day. It's been a month. It's been a year. It's been a lifetime. That's an understatement. <sighs> you know, this is one of Taylor's favorite spots in the city. Uh, it's pretty easy to see why. <laughs> we used to come here every once in a while after jazz in the park. Nothing like a glass of rosé, maybe a little taco, some jazz, <laughs> beautiful view. Mm. I'm really sorry we didn't find him. Ryan, give yourself a break. I just, I just wish I could have done more. You did a lot. We did a lot. I mean, think about how far we've come. How much we've learned that may have never been uncovered at all. I mean, I guess, but it just wasn't enough. Well, it was something, right? What do you think happened to him? I think he's still out there, but I still have so many questions. Me too. I just wish he were here to answer them. <laughs> um, I mean, thinking about what we do know, we know that he met that woman from the cruise room on the 26th. Do you think she was the one in the Mercedes? You know, I don't think so. It just doesn't really fit. What do you mean? 
Well, she met Taylor in person, twice. So why would she need to follow him? And her only request was that we stop the podcast and stop digging. Doesn't really add up. So what are we missing? Maybe she was following us. What do you think she wanted him to do? Maybe it's all about that list of numbers that he left on the pad. The addresses. Makes sense. Like Arthur said, money is a powerful motivator. I know Taylor. He left that list on purpose. The Instagram post, too. He wanted someone to find out more information about those locations. I completely agree. If it was Taylor who filed those designation applications, then we can assume that he thought there was something about those properties that was worth saving. From what, though? I don't know. Maybe he didn't want ownership to fall into the wrong hands. Maybe they were at risk of being demolished. Maybe there were shadowy forces at work. <laughs> I don't know, but I can be fairly certain that he wanted to save them. Up until the end, he wanted to save this view. The city. It looks like that's the case. <sighs> Still a lot that we weren't able to answer. You know, I've been thinking. Maybe I'll hang around for a bit. I mean, if you want a roommate for a little longer, at least until I find a place. <laughs> I knew you might stick around. It's been really nice to have you here. But let's leave the questions for someone else to ask, at least for now. I don't want to lose you too. At the beginning of this ride, I was hoping to make a podcast about the allure of the Mile High City. Looking across the lake at the Denver skyline with the Rocky Mountains as a backdrop, I came to a realization. The city itself is the center of this story. Taylor's efforts to preserve it resulted in his disappearance. Maybe the catalyst for this podcast wasn't the pandemic at all. It wasn't my article going viral or my idea to make a podcast about this place. Maybe it was the first people who came to this majestic city for a fresh start in the hopes of striking it rich. That's always been the draw of a place like Denver. For cities are living, breathing organisms. They grow and they adapt, much like the people who inhabit them. Much like Preston and I have done over the last 10 years, not to mention the last few weeks. I'm not done with Denver, and Denver is not done with me. Leaving is no longer an option. As Preston and I walked down to the water, those Willie Nelson lyrics came back to me. The bright lights of Denver are shining like diamonds, like 10,000 jewels in the sky. And it's nobody's business where you're going or where you come from. And you're judged by the look in your eye. Join us for a live Zoom Q&A on June 30th with our hosts, Ryan Streeter and Preston McCall. RSVP at denvercenter.org. The Bright Lights of Denver is produced by DCPA Off Center in partnership with Historic Denver. 
Discover more of the story through the Bright Lights of Denver Facebook group and follow at Bright Lights Denver on Instagram. Learn more at denvercenter.org.